0: Welcome to the double eye show fantasy island fantasy football edition. I'm sweet T, And with me as always is Bombo and RW King guys. How the hell are you today? Ready to rock. It was rolling right through it, man. Nice. Nice. Plankton. So right now we're going to be, t- You're gonna- <laughs> I see your plankton came to play. Yeah. All right, guys. So we're going to go ahead and roll into our injuries and waiver wires. And we're going to get it off with our injuries guys. Big names went down this week with injuries. It's kind of crazy, but uh, let's get into this. So I'm going to just throw it out there right now. Lamar Jackson went down with a knee. His week to week with a sprained PCL. They're saying that usually that takes one, two or three weeks to heal. Jimmy Garoppolo went down, broken foot. He's done for the season. Now, early reports coming out were saying he was done for the season. They confirmed that. But then today, right before we started recording this, we got an alert saying that he could be back in seven weeks. So if they made it to the Super Bowl, he could potentially play in the Super Bowl. Next guy to go down, Tua Tungvaloa. I don't, yeah, I struggle with that last name, but Tua went down with an ankle. Should be good to go for week 14, though. They're saying that it's just a a little bit of an issue, but he should be okay. Kenneth Walker went down with a foot slash ankle strain. He's day-to-day, possibly a game time decision. So there's nothing right now at the time of this recording that has indicated that he's going to either sit or start. Aaron Jones went down with a shin. No status update as of right now of the time recording. So we don't know what's going to happen with him. Traylon Burks. Guys, we pumped this guy up last week as a waiver wire and a must-start type of guy. And what happened? He went down with a concussion, but he did catch that touchdown while he'd happened. He was on
1: his way. He was on his
0: way. Yep. He was on his way to having a big game.
2: For him, he got in that position, like, locked. Like, his arm wouldn't even move after that. Because they tried to pick him up, and his arm was still locked on the football. He was stiff. Yeah.
1: Gamer. We,
0: We wish him well, though. No status update as of the time of this recording. So we'll kind of just have to keep an eye out It's a wait and see with him. Chase Claypool went down with the knee. He's day to day, but should probably be good to go. Jalen Waddle went down with the leg. No status update right now as of the time of this recording. Cortland Sutton had a hamstring day to day possible game time. Dec- and Trevor Lawrence foot MRI on his left foot
1: day to day possible game time decision. Guys, what say you? So from a real football perspective, I think the Jimmy G injury is devastating. So wait and see with Brock Purdy and where that offense will go and what his strengths are and what he's able to do. Because Jimmy G was starting to get the ball to his, his playmakers. He was really instrumental in getting C-Mac comfortable in that offense getting him firing on all cylinders. And he was winning football games. I mean, I know that they lost to the Chiefs, but so does everybody else. But he's been winning all the games that he was supposed to win. And the team was rallying behind him. San Francisco had Super Bowl dreams. If Jimmy G comes back to the Super Bowl and wins the Super Bowl, it was strictly to sell the movie rights. It has to be. But from a fantasy's perspective, the Lamar Jackson injury is what really stands out. We've been saying it all year. This guy took a chance on himself invested on in his talent to get him paid in, through the rest of this year. And, you know, he was lighting up at the beginning of the year, but as he was starting to lose weapons on that offense, he was starting to become that offense. So we, you didn't really see him doing as much through the air and all the passing touchdowns, but he was still winning them games. He was getting it done with his feet. Now he's got a knee injury. They say it's not as serious, but for somebody as explosive and dynamic as Lamar Jackson, any knee injury is a bad injury so he's he should probably take the top half of that one to three weeks and just you know let it heal all the way which is devastating for his fantasy owners that probably have to now pivot towards a waiver wire guy or the guy that they've had on their bench all year that they only use during lamar's bye week so yeah from a fantasy perspective to lamar jackson but there's a ton of fantasy names on there what do you guys think
2: i i think there's a shitload of guys you know and i think that I think there's a few that possibly are going to be super impactful. And I think the one I want to talk about is Kenneth Walker, because I started hearing about his injury guys and it's not really an ankle and it's not a foot. It's like in between the motherfucker. It's weird. You know what I mean? And they're saying it's something that like they don't have a lot of experience with because a lot of the doctor, the two doctors that checked them, specialists have never seen that injury to that area. So they don't really know what's going to happen going forward. He just has to see how he responds to the treatment and the medication because he needs to get the swelling down in there. That's what's causing all the discomfort because it's like right in between two bones that connect your ankle to your foot. And they said they don't know how he did it. But he said basically he jammed his ankle and he tweaked it. I think that. You know, he's going to be a crucial loss if they lose him for any extended amount of time because they need all these wins to get him momentum into the playoffs. They're a playoff contending team right now. You know, I think the other one too is Jalen Waddle. I think if something significant happens to him, it's going to change what happens to Tyreek. Now you got three guys on Tyreek instead of two. You know, Sherfield will come up and that'll be a guy we could tag on our waiver wire. But I mean, we really got to wait and see on those two guys because those are, might be super impactful. You know what I mean?
1: Big time. Now, I know our listeners know, Bear fans. So do you think it's about time and I'm going to use this to go into some of these other names on the list. It's about time to start shutting some of these guys down. I know you said it's day-to-day for Claypool, but with Khalil Herbert going down, Darnell Mooney going down, Justin Fields with the shoulder issue. I mean, what is Chicago really, what do they have left to prove? They have, a, I think, the number two or the number three pick as of right now, if they were to stay with this win-loss record. Going into towards the end of the season, do you think it's almost time to start shutting some of these guys down? Like right, Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton Sutton ain't playing for anything. What, why rush him back with a soft tissue injury that has left him out of? He's missed many games with soft tissue injuries, so I wouldn't be in a rush to get Cortland Sutton or Chase Claypool back, especially with how much has been invested in them with draft capital and contract wise. What about you guys? What do you guys think? Is it time to shut some of these guys down?
2: I think, you know, I think the Cortland Sutton thing is, is a pen and if the coach is thinking he's playing for his career there, you know, if he's even got any meat left on that bone or he just launched at the end of the year and, you know, just, I mean, I think me and T have had, you know, a couple discussions on this being bear fans. And I think T was on the side of, you know, Hey, let's go ahead and hang up Justin field and why hurt him. He doesn't need it. He does need it. They all need it. They all need the reps and they need the reps together. And these game reps are the most valuable thing that can happen to them. And the reality is guys, and I'm just gonna say it real blunt, they got all summer to heal, right? These guys, it's more important for Justin Fields to be out there for every snap and to see every defense and every change and everything that's happening to him because that's exponential. That will, he will have that in a suitcase next year and next year he'll just be able to take off in his third year. You know, and he's already made strides and we saw it from week one to four. He threw the ball eight times, nine times. Didn't really take off from the pocket. Week five to week 10, a little bit better from week 10 on. They just turned him loose. And you even see like last week, he threw a pick at the end of the game. But when you break it down, the receiver floated on him. On that type of deep out route, the receiver needs to come back in and dig hard back to that ball and the cornerback beat him to the ball. And Jair Alexander is one of those ball hawks. He takes chances on the ball. And on a route like that, you can't let him jump that route. And that was on Equinemius St. Brown. That was not on Justin Fields. So there's a lot of things these guys need to keep doing. And I don't know who's going to be on that roster going forward. But for Justin Fields, he needs all those guys out there so they can evaluate them with him. You know what I mean? So to me, I think as far as the, the Bears... I think knowing them, all those guys need to be on the field for every rep that they can. As long as they're not going to injure themselves long term or make it something that's going to jeopardize next season. Fuck yeah, get out there. You know what I mean? But as far as Denver, I don't know. It's crazy as shit going to happen there, I think, again. I think they're going to get probably be looking for another coach, but that's just me. That's my take on those things.
0: I think Denver has no choice but to put Cortland Sutton in you know, uh, think about Jerry Judy is in and out of that lineup all year. He's been hurt the past two years all year. Their number three receiver went down earlier in preseason. He's done for the year. So they got nobody to throw to. It's not like they're doing much anyway. So, I mean, really, does it matter if they even start them or, or you know, uh, hang them up for the year? It. I don't know if it really matters, to be honest with you, but i think they kind of have to i think they're forced to but one thing you know, i wanted to touch on T- bumble no, was no, you, you think
2: part of this 2t and part of the factor is is the fans i mean they're paying well, yeah, for a product you know what i mean you know it, it's like the they Rams. Are, you're right you know what mm-hmm. i mean the rams still got to put something out there hey jalen ramsey guess what you still got to suit up bobby wagner you got to suit up you know they're like fuck everybody else True. is on vacation or it you know what i mean what the fuck you know but it's like yeah, you got to put something out there bro
0: But I want to kind of go back to Bombo's point about Lamar. And to me, Lamar is not as relevant as, let's say, a Jalen Waddle or Traylon Burks as far as fantasy going down. Only because of the fact that Lamar hasn't done shit since week three. The only time he did anything was against uh, Jacksonville in week 12. And that was just because he was running. He had like 89 yards rushing. You know, other than that, he really hasn't done much. And as a matter of fact, that's why he got into that whole controversy because a fan called him out on Twitter and he replied calling out the fan and just told the fan to eat a dick. And that just kind of caused a whole thing. And I'm not a big guy on karma. I don't believe in karma, but this kind of him getting hurt right after all that controversy kind of seems like a karma move to me. So I don't really think that he's going to be that fantasy relevant. Yes, for those guys that picked him and were playing him. But chances are they already saw the trend going on with him and they already were playing the backups or they were just looking at what the matchups were and hoping that Lamar would be Lamar. But it's kind of tough because he bet on himself this year and it's been a hit or miss week to week with him. So I think to me, Jalen Waddle and Traylon Burks were the more relevant ones going down. Now, Burks, concussion, we don't know how long he's going to be out. Jalen Waddle with the leg, no status update, but I think he'll be okay. I think he'll play in week 14. I just don't know how effective, like we always say, you know, yeah, he's banged up and he's going to play, but how effective is he going to be?
2: This fool's been banged up since week two. Okay. He's been taking shots all year, man. Remember, he's the guy now. I mean, and Tyreek's built different guys. Remember that dude's like a little rock man. So he can take those shots across the middle. Like he puts his body in that position and he just rocks up and these guys really don't hurt him. Jalen Waddle's a little lankier. And he takes some big shots, dude. So he, he might have, he have something significant. I hope he doesn't because I got a lot of Tyreek Hill. But I'm just saying, you know, that's, a, that's tough.
1: Another guy from that list that maybe they should be thinking about easing the workload is Aaron Jones. Because, I mean, the Packers... I think the Packers no matter what they are going to approach it just like King was saying as far as putting butts in those seats they're going to approach it for their fan base as we have a chance but I think Minnesota just has such a comfortable lead in that division but you know they could be facing a you know a wild card thing but if they really are to take a look at what they have I don't see the Packers really making a lot of noise if they sneak into the playoffs I mean they have a chance but if it's at the expense of their running game and the health of their running game I don't, I don't really know. I think they might be one bad loss away from possibly starting to shut some guys down. And it could be. You know, that's the thing that.
2: that, you know, we we all speculate and we all look at here, but we don't know what's going on in those meeting rooms. We don't know what these guys are thinking and how they're thinking about managing these guys, which are million-dollar investments. Million, million-dollar investments. You know what I mean? So good points, Bob.
1: And give A.J. Dillon all Absolutely. the run. Give him 30 carries a game. That guy's a monster. He should, should anyway. give that guy thirty. He should, should give that anyway. guy 30 carries a game
2: since September. That's what I'm saying, dude. I mean, just look at what happens to him when they give him the ball.
1: Give him the fucking ball. I don't know. It's another. One. Yeah, I don't want to see these guys get wasted like that.
0: All right, guys. So that's going to wrap it up for the injury list. We're going to go ahead and go into our waiver wire. It's getting tough, guys. I mean, let's just face it. Week in, week out, trying to come up with these uh, waiver wire lists and just reaching out there so late in the season. I mean, hats off to both of you guys for being able to put together some solid guys to pick up and and give some good reasons why to do it. So, Bombo, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out to you first on who are you choosing to be able to resurrect out of that waiver wire and for these guys to pick up and why?
1: Yeah, we talked about it earlier, right? When you have quarterbacks who are either on by or just not performing or you see their, their arrow trending downwards, if you can get a diamond in the rough off of the waiver wire with huge upside and rushing upside that gives them a high ceiling, you go for it. And that person is Tyler Huntley, who is the backup to Lamar Jackson. And anyone who's been watching the Ravens over the past few years knows they don't keep a traditional you know, three-step drop quarterback on their roster. They keep a guy that is similar to Lamar Jackson's skill set. Now, there is no other Lamar Jackson. There is no one as electric. There is no human joystick like Lamar Jackson. But they always keep a quarterback on the roster that can do it with his legs, that has a cannon for an arm, and that can bust holes in zone defense to get the ball to their tight ends. And now they're working with two tight ends because they're involving Isaiah Likely as well. And I like Tyler Huntley's ability with his legs. I like that he has a grasp of that offense and in the limited numbers that we've seen him come in for Lamar, he's put up comparable points to what Lamar does. He may not go off for 45 or 50, but 20 is his is is where he's is his bottom to 20 is, is his floor and even this past week he had almost 17 fantasy points in what is, you know, equates to about a half of football. If he would have played the whole game and would have known he was probably going to start, he probably would have had a lot more points than that. But for the situation he was thrown in, he he got it done fantasy-wise. So if you're going to take a risk and throw it out there and, you know, if you have if you have your playoff position already sewn up, you can possibly get away with throwing him in there. And if you really want to gamble and throw your coconuts or plankton out there and you really want to see who, what your team's made of, you can grab Huntley off the waiver wire and throw him in. I'll tell you this I'd start him over Deshaun Watson, and there's a lot of guys that are going to be starting Deshaun Watson. And I, I think that what Baltimore knows what they have with him, Baltimore makes no mistake about it. They're going to give you a Lamar type quarterback in their offense. And when it comes down to it, there's just not a lot of film on the guy, and this it's going to come down to the Steelers having to prepare for Huntley on a, on this just one week of prep for him, and they're only really watching a half worth of football and game tape, and then whatever he did last year, which is null and void because they don't even have the same personnel that they had last year. So he could possibly surprise them. And when it comes down to the Steelers, yes, they have a couple of guys coming off the edge. They have Watt and. His name escapes being those on the other side, but that's against Joe Burrow. That's against immobile quarterbacks. You know, Brissette's not really that mobile either. So those guys feast on those type of quarterbacks. This is a mobile quarterback. So if he can get past those guys, he can expose their, the second level of that defense and get chunk yards. I think his, I think he, this guy probably is an 80 yard, 80 rushing yards with a touchdown, another 200 with another two touchdowns. I'm throwing it out there. Pick up Huntley, good for three touchdowns and some rushing yards. It's not a bad pickup
0: there, Bombo. You know, Huntley did look, I guess he he looked serviceable. He looked a little bit at times. He looked really good. He had some flashes during that game coming in as a backup. But then there was times where he just looked like he was in over his head. But, I mean, I think getting some more reps with the first team and being able to just get a little bit more comfortable in that offense – Yeah, I I think that he's going to be at least serviceable and probably get you some good points. You know, at at least it's something, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, think about this too, T, right? I mean, coming into a game when he came into the game is like trying to jump into a car going 30 miles an hour. It ain't easy. You know, everyone's already lathered up and going. He was holding a clipboard, man. He was chilling. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, boom, you're in, kid. Huh? What the fuck? Okay, yeah. I'm uh, <laughs> a while to
0: get going. Um, yeah. yeah, as that game went on, he did look a lot more comfortable. They did a lot of design runs for him, too. And that was kind of nice to be able to see. So they were trying well, to that make him into a. Like, will be, his know, upside a Lamar. will be
2: in his, in his running. Exactly. His upside. You know, the upside's going to be in exactly. his running. He runs just, he, he doesn't run as good as Lamar, but he can run as effectively in that offense. So I think that's where his upside will be. But I think it's a good pick.
1: He doesn't slide. So keep an eye on that. This guy hasn't learned to slide yet. And that's not good. So
2: what's real quick? two games, three games?
1: I think they're going to go with the high side on, on, on Lamar's injury. And I think he's going to see, he's going to start until playoffs start.
2: Well, especially if they they have a big win. Well, if they, if they don't make the playoffs, man, here's the thing too, guys. Is it the worst thing that they tell Lamar, Hey, we didn't make the playoffs in the year you wanted your contract. Just saying, I think
1: that's better leverage for him.
2: It's better. He leverage could say, "Hey, we hey, would." He got hurt again.
1: Hey, well, yeah, no, could the, he could say if way, we because he could say that. He, yeah, we would have made the playoffs had I not been out there putting my all on you guys to, you know, to try exactly. to get us in there.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say, Bumbo. Yes, yeah. See, but I, I don't. I think. I think, it's, I other think, other think it's biting him
1: in I the didn't ass. Make the
2: playoffs because he wasn't available. Remember, the best ability of any NFL player is availability. Mm-hmm. He's not available. He gets hurt. He's small. And that hit didn't even look that bad. The dude looked like he took 20, 30 worse hurts der- hits during the year. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just hit fell on his knee wrong. It's you know that weird
0: mean? way. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly yeah. that, that weird way to be able to do it. The knee's weird. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Is that the weird knee? Or the weenie? Weenie. Never mind. <laughs> All right, go ahead.
0: There you go, talking about your plankton again. All
2: right, dude, You got all right, I'm just going to jump in, then I'm going to do my own, dude. How about I just do my waiver wire? Payments? Yeah, King, why all don't right? you go ahead and get into it? All right, man, so the first one I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and pick up me some Brock Purdy, man. I mean, look, guys, here's the bottom line. San Francisco's roster is loaded. Brock Purdy is Mr. Irrelevant. I get it. The last guy drafted in the seventh round, I get it. But what does he need to be in that offense? And he threw for a couple touchdowns, and he wasn't afraid of the big lights. He jumped in that car going 30 miles an hour. He made it. You know what I mean? He didn't get fucked up in the beginning. You know what I mean? He didn't get run over a couple times before he got in the car. So, I mean, the lights weren't too big for him. It wasn't too fast for him. It seemed to sort of settle down a little bit towards the end where he just sort of plateaued out a little bit. But I like me some Brock Purdy, and I think you could stash him on your bench as a good backup, especially if you had a Trey Lance draft and then got a Jimmy G. And you're like, what's going to happen next? Go ahead and pick you up some Brock Purdy. Because he's going to do about the same as Jimmy G. I really believe that. I don't think he's going to do much less. You know, but, you know, I, again, in a team that's just so loaded offensively, he could throw a little five-yard pass to Debo and he'll run for 60 yards. Brandon Ayuk's trending up. You got C-Mac over there, who was the best running back in fantasy last weekend with Brock Purdy at the quarterback. So he got a lot of passes to him, too. So... The offense is is predicated on, on getting these guys the ball as fast as they can. So I think Brock Purdy can do that. Brock Purdy, waiver wire pickup. Second guy, Jamal Agnew. I know Jamal Agnew hasn't got a lot of run because Etienne's been tearing it up. But if you look at Etienne's numbers since his little injury scare, last week he didn't do well at all. He really struggled. He struggled to make the move. He fumbled again. I think they're going to realize that, hey, maybe this guy's a little more hurt than we thought. They don't want to put him out there to make a situation where he might get lose some time going into next year. So I think they're going to increase Jamal Agnew's role. Better get him early. That way, next week, when you try to get him on the waiver wire and he gets a touchdown this week or something, you're going to be like, oh, shit, I should have got him. Get him this week. Jamal Agnew running back Jacksonville Jaguars week 14 waiver wire.
0: I love that Agnew pickup there, King. You're absolutely right, though. Ian is not looking himself other than the fact that he just keeps dropping the rock. That is the consistent thing that he's been doing all season. But outside of that, he just hasn't been running the same. He still looks like he may be banged up and just something's affecting him. And when Agnew came in and they were feeding him the ball, he looked really good. He looked effective. So, yeah, I really like that kind of pickup. And Purdy, Purdy's not bad. He had some really nice throws. He is doing exactly what they want him to do, make good decisions, don't turn it over, and he made some really tough throws at times. So I do like Purdy a lot. And I I don't know if he's going to light it up for anybody, you know, picking it up, but that's not bad to be able to just stash him and kind of hold him, especially with, you know, these late buys that are coming up. You know, maybe you're going to maybe he's better than who you have already. And you swap him out for who you have on your bench.
2: Absolutely. You know, and and that's what happens. dude. Like, we're just talking about shutting down guys. You know, Jacksonville might be in that mode. You know, they don't need these guys to prove anything this year. They really don't. They're not playing for anything. It would probably behoove them to lose a little bit. Although those reps are important for Trevor Lawrence. I don't think they're as important for as for him as for Justin Fields, because he got all the reps last year, too. So I think he's, he's ahead of Justin Fields in that area. You know what I mean? Justin Fields was on and off the field, but just looking at these guys, they might shut down that team and say, Hey bro, great year, great rookie year, whatever else, slap him on the ass, hit the showers, kid. You know what I mean? You're done for the year. You know, you come and work out with us during the week a little bit, keep in shape. We'll keep the nutritionist on you, but you're on vacay, bro. Yeah.
1: And that's another one. I mean, we, I know that we talked about it in an earlier segment as far as Deshaun Watson content, but if you were to tell me right now, Deshaun Watson or Purdy, I think I would lean towards Purdy just because he's been there and you could see that the team rallied around him. You can see that he's competent and he just has more weapons around him, a better offensive line as far as pass blocking. And I think he's going to have more opportunities just based off of the team. Basically, I think the 49ers know that they're playing with house money because they're now down two starting quarterbacks, but they still have enough faith in their defense and all the rest of the guys that they're like, fuck it, we can throw this guy back there and still win and have Jimmy G come back for the Super Bowl. Whereas with Deshaun Watson, I think it's like this guy has to ball out to just justify all the shit that comes with it and all the money that he got and Cleveland just being Cleveland. So, yeah. If you're not going to pick up Purdy and start him, at least pick him up so somebody else doesn't grab him. Or if you look at ownership and who's on what's team, Brock Brock Purdy should be on a team while Russell Wilson should be on the waiver wire. I'm just going to throw it out there. He should be on teams and there's some of these other guys that have a higher roster and ownership percentage should be on the waiver wire. You should just pick him up just to make things right with overall fantasy balance in the fantasy universe.
0: Are we trying to go get all balancing the universe right there? All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and go into my waiver wires. I got a couple of them on here and I'm going to throw them out. And you guys can snap back at my my shrimp and see whether you like them or not. First one I'm going to go ahead and start with is DJ Dallas, 2% rostered. This guy is going to be a flex this week. If you're able to pick him up, he had 37 yards on 10 carries in week 13, but he came in for Walker. And depending on what happens with Walker, we were just talking about him on that injured list. If he comes in, he's going to be able to go ahead and get the bulk of those carries. And he's going to be able to flash for you a little bit. So I really like some DJ Dallas in week 14. Plus, he's going up against the Panthers and they're 25th against the run. So come on, guys, you're going to have it yourselves a hell of a freaking game with this guy taking that rock. Next guy I'm going to go ahead and throw out there is James Cook. roster. This guy is going to be a stash for 14. The only reason why I say that is because it's going to be a tough matchup. Singletary has been getting the bulk of the carries and the bulk of the snaps. But in week 13, that started to decline. And this is the first time that we've seen Cook out snap and out carry Singletary. And he's more effective in week 13. Not to say that that's much because we already know that that running back situation over there, the way that they run the ball, the way they call plays for the running backs is different. But I really do think that Cook is going to start to emerge as that back. They've been trying to replace Singletary for the last two years anyway. You know, this guy's on every trade list and, and, you know, they were trying to get CMC. They were trying to get this guy. They're trying to get that guy. So I think Cook is going to end up being the guy that emerges As that number one back over there. So James Cook, for me, he's a stash type of guy for week 14 just because of the matchup. But going forward, I really think that he's going to be a guy that you might be able to put in as your flex. And lastly, guys, I know this is going to be kind of sacrilegious, but I'm going to just throw it out there. Melvin Gordon. He's still on 40% of the rosters out there. But this is going to be one of those stash type of situations. And the only reason why I'm saying this is because he got picked up by KC. Now, I don't think Pacheco is going to lose that number one role. He has earned that spot, definitely. But you can see Gordon possibly coming out of the backfield and catch. Also, I think he's going to be a big time goal line type of guy for them. As long as he doesn't, you know, fumble that ball. I really like him when that KC offense, that's a really potent offense and be able to let this guy run. They got a decent O-line. I wouldn't call him a great O-line,
1: but it's decent. So I think he's going to get some good reps. He's
0: definitely one of those
1: stash kind of guys. And they played Denver two more times. They still haven't played Denver yet. So I would say Melvin Gordon, if he's in score a touchdown, will be in one of those two games should probably be at KC, not the one at Denver, just because he fumbles in Denver. Maybe it's the thin air. Or something like that. But, I mean, there's there's guys with less upside that are on rosters right now than Melvin Gordon. So, I'm there with you, T.
2: You know, the first thing I thought of when I heard that Melvin Gordon signed with Kansas City, and I don't know why, but the very first thing I thought of was Josh Gordon. Because I just feel it's the same thing. You know, a guy who was just a, a beast at one point in his career. Top guy one point in his career. And then just basically a fledgling after that. Trying to stay afloat. You know, and... They did the best they could to resurrect them, you know, and they just couldn't do it, you know, and I don't know if they can do it with this guy, but if anybody can, they can. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you this, T-man, I am not know, I meet some Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, we tagged him in the divisionals. I mentioned him in the divisionals, guys, yep. and I like that guy. And yep. I'll tell you what, at all points, that guy should be on the field. I know McKinnon's getting a lot of run because he's there in the passing situations, but Pacheco can catch the ball. And he's a goal line back, too. You know, I knew a couple guys that fucking invested pretty highly in him. And in one league, that's a big money league that, you know, well, we're not even going to talk about it. But, dude, that was some good hindsight. You know, these guys understood it, man, and what this guy was going to be. And this guy is fast. He's strong. He's not as big as you want him to be. But you know what, man? I think next year, this guy's going to be a stud. I'm just saying, you know, it's. I don't know if he's going to relinquish any playing time. I think that's what I'm getting at. You know, I like the DJ Dallas thing, but remember, guys, he got hurt too last week. And he was basically out of the game. And the only reason he had to play is they didn't have any other running backs. And Pete Carroll was fucking blowing him on Monday. Dude, we owe DJ Dallas, you know, and he only got like 17 yards on eight carries after he got came back in. But it was the fact that he was in there and he made some blocks and he did some things. But they need to do something in their running backs. I mean, think about it. You know, there's yeah. You got three of your four running backs that are basically, well, homers out, walkers out, pennies out for the year. So that's three guys right there. Then you got DJ Dallas questionable for this Sunday. And you got a couple guys from the practice squad. That's all they got. They only carry five or six running backs. You only got 50 guys, man. You know what I mean? Just saying. So.
0: Well, I think they can they can call up Al Bundy and see if yeah. he's available for them. Yeah, but playing.
2: outside of that, how many touchdowns did he get for Polkai? Four right, touchdowns. To make sure you knew the number in bro. a single game in one of game, course. Man.
0: Now, I will say this though, to kind of to be fair to DJ Dallas, he's not coming up as of the time of this recording on any of the injury reports. That doesn't mean that he won't pop up again because we've seen some crazy stuff over the past couple of weeks late in the week or on a Friday it pops up. But he's, you know, but then again, to your this, point, this before, isn't one of those how situations, effective is he going to be?
2: He is injured and Thursday he will be on the report. It just depends on what degree because he, he was fucked up. He was bad, dude. I mean, when he went in the game, I was like, how's this dude even in the game? He's limping around like on one leg like shit. And you know they're not gonna play the franchise. The franchise, okay, go ahead and sit down. He could probably, Kenneth Walker could have played, it just hurt. You know what I mean? They're not gonna play the franchise. Hey, DJ Dallas, number four. Hey, bro, you think you can push it a little bit? We'll throw a little extra money in your lunch money next week, how about that? You know?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think with the James Cook, I mean, it's, you hit it right on the head, T. He is trending up. It's kind of like the Pacheco arc, but it's just not as drastic. It's more subtle because Singletary's not doing enough to lose his job. Whereas CEH for Kansas City was just plodding out there and just being slow. And yeah, he was catching touchdowns. And yeah, they get creative around the goal line, and he was the beneficiary of that. But when it came down to, can you trust this guy to be the guy to run out the clock in a blowout? Can you trust this guy? To get fight for those extra yards. He just wasn't doing it. Whereas Pacheco was fighting for extra yards before he even got the ball. Like this guy's feet are moving fast. Like he's trying to like race down the street in Fred Flintstone's car before he even gets the ball in his hand. So it's just you see a different style runner. And that's what I see when I look at the backfield for Buffalo. But we talk about it every week. That's just not Buffalo's get down. Buffalo isn't going to give a, a running back 20 carries a game. But When it comes down, we talk about the cold and we talk about having to play in Buffalo. When you you want to take some pressure off of Josh Allen and take some pressure off that elbow and not throw it as much come later on in the year, and these are those games, you want to rely on a running game. And I know that James Cook had that fumbling issue earlier in the year, but after a while, you just got to go with the guy that has the most talent and he's the most talented back in their backfield. I'm I'm excited for what he could possibly do next year as as well as Pacheco. These are guys that are, these are big dynasty guys for guys that play in dynasty formats. If you have these guys, you drafted these guys, you know why you drafted them and hopefully they're going to be balling out for your organization for a couple seasons to come.
2: You know, I look at this backfield and I think the, the, the good comparison to me was the Jacksonville backfield. And when they drafted Etienne, they had James Robinson, who was really good. You know, and they have the same kind of thing here. You know, they drafted this kid, Cook. They don't got a guy who's really good, but they got a solid guy in Devin Singletary. He's solid, guys. When they give him his opportunities, he performs. You know, the guy who couldn't perform was Zach Moss because they knew he couldn't catch the ball. So they knew when he was in, they're going to run. So there was nothing else he could do. That's what they get this fucking guy out of here. You know what I mean? So but i think that eventually the same thing is going to happen that happened in jacksonville just like bombo said i agree with that james cook will be the guy i just don't know if it will be this year you know and that's the thing just because they are making a run at the super bowl and they're going to let the kid flash he's going to get his spots no doubt but i just don't think he's going to be the heavy guy i think the heavy guys is still going to be devin singletary and i just think they're going to do that out of pure not safety, I guess is the word to use, but just a safe play, right? It's just to make sure this guy knows the offense much better. You know, he's proven he doesn't fumble the ball. You know what I mean? When he's given the ball, he does what he's supposed to do. He runs north and south. He's not really a east and west runner, and but he is what he is. So I think you're right, Bumble, a million percent. The upside is with Cook. It's just going to be a matter of when they're going to really plug him in and let him do it.
0: All right, guys, so that's going to go ahead and wrap us up for our injuries and waiver wires. Hopefully there's some guys out there on the waiver wire list that uh, either these guys shouted out, and maybe you guys can pick them up in your league. That might be the difference maker for week 14. It's getting crunch time. It's getting close, and these are the times that some of these waiver wires are going to be making all the difference for you. So for Sweet Tea, RW King, and Bombo, We are out.